The views and opinions expressed on the Inside Joe are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect or represent an entire race, culture, or religious group. Thank you so much for listening to us, and we hope you enjoy the episode. We're back. This is the first episode of the Inside Joe season two, and we're going to be kicking it all off with a fresh new format. And this all starts right now. Amazon founder and CEO. He's worth $82.3 billion. So let's get started with our five fun facts. Wow. Jeff wrote down the whole business plan for Amazon.com during his trip from the state of New York to the state of Seattle. Before he settled on Amazon.com, the company was also known as Kadabra or Relentless.com. I'm relentless. Amazon.com was named after the South American River, and the logo bears an arrow from A to Z, indicating that customers can buy anything from A to Z. Huh? Weirdo. Jeff is a long-term thinker. This is evident from the fact that he is planning to build a 10,000-year clock. The clock is supposed to move only once in a year. There will be a century hand that will move forward after every hundred years. On the occasion of the millennium, the cuckoo will appear. (laughs) Not a fan of complacency, Jeff Bezos also does not tolerate with incompetency in his company. Some direct insults he might have used are, You're so ugly, when your mom dropped you off at school, she got fined for littering. If I wanted to kill myself, I'd climb your ego and jump to your IQ. Your family tree must be a cactus because everybody on it is a prick. His latest project, Amazon Prime Air, uses drones to deliver their products and services to customers. However, the FAA has not yet approved the project, but Jeff Bezos is hopeful to make it a reality within the next few years. Are you ready for the future? Jeff Bezos is. Garden. Whoa. Hey, 
How do you handcuff a one-armed man? Whoa. 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 Can a short person talk down to a tall person? What? Whoa. Have I been thinking out loud this entire time? Whoa. How come your lips don't touch when you say touch, but do when you say separate? Whoa. No. Wow. God, I want pizza. How do they make almond milk if almonds ain't got no titties? I want pizza. God, I want pizza. You may now exit the garden. Whoa. Okay, so we, we are with Nura here. Um, obviously, if you listen to the show in the past, she was a huge part of it, uh, you know, not too long ago. Um, and if you've been wondering where she's been this whole time, she's actually went back to her, her hometown in Palestine. Um, and so she's back here. And we just have some questions that we're doing with this uh, segment about uh, race and culture. So we're going to be talking about uh, basically some misconceptions. Um, so we have some questions that have to do with that. So, um, Nara, so you, can you tell us a little bit really quickly about where you're from? Um, well, I'm from Palestine. Uh, I'm originally from Jerusalem, but I live in Ramallah, the West Bank. And I uh, went home to be with family, um, mainly my parents. And I just went to work, to be honest. Um, I didn't know when I was going to be back to the States. But I got into my top school, into a graduate program in uh, Chicago, and now I'm back. And we're, we're really happy to get that you're back, obviously. Um, but yeah, 9-11, just really quick, uh, which is kind of a funny thing to say. Um, wow. Back to back, 9-11 real quick. But uh, no, I mean, I think that, that, like you said, had a lot to do with the issue. Um, what do you think about as far as um, extremeness? In the Middle East, is it just a was that just a case of extremeness within the religion, or was it? I don't know. What do you think? Man, honestly, like it's 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 kind of like a domino effect of sorts. Um, conflict that happened between you know the U.S. and the Iraq in that area. Yeah. There's just a lot that's been going... Like, the Arab Spring as a result of, like, dictatorship and, and a lot of just oppression uh-huh. of the people. Um, not not much freedom to kind of express themselves politically or so- sometimes religiously or, or even sexually or whatever. Yeah. You know, there's not that much of a freedom. It's a lot of aggression. Um, yeah. So there's just a lot of things that are pent up. Yeah. Uh, so sometimes for... It's good. Sometimes it's bad. Like I'm not saying democracy works for everyone, but 
it doesn't work like other sources like dictatorship doesn't work for everyone yeah. either but um a lot of things it's a domino effect that resulted in these things happening and i just want people to know that just because it happened doesn't mean um all people from the middle east or all arabs or all muslims are f- like that or, yeah. or supported like a lot of people all across the wor- world were very shocked and hurt and traumatized by that as well because uh the states is considered or the u.s is considered as a as a safe haven for a lot of people a lot of refugees go to the states to kind of escape their own they used to but there's well they try to still unfortunately trump does is trying not to make that happen but um you know so so it's still that there's a lot of muslims that died that day too a lot of people of different colors and different right. religions and cultures and backgrounds that died right. not only specific white americans so i want people to know that as well yeah all right next question we're gonna go with uh what's up with the beards <laughs> okay what's up with the beards nowadays them hipsters stole it from us and uh, yeah, and it seems like you know where I'm getting at, but um, I think a lot of people they associate uh, even the Middle East in, in general. Um, they just associate that with men wearing beards or women wearing hijabs. Um, what's up with that? So, <laughs> okay, so to, to to answer the beards question first, and then we'll go to hijabs. So, yeah. So honestly, both of them are pretty tied to. They're they're very religious and also very cult- a cultural thing, um, also biological. But um, why Muslim men choose to wear their beards like heavy or like long and, and thick, you know, yeah. beards on their on their chins is um, kind of to go back to Prophet Muhammad. It's always yeah. it it is heavily religious as well. You know, a lot of uh, men of religion grow their beards long. Uh, because apparently it's a it's a sign of masculinity. It's kind mm. of to distinguish between masculinity and femininity back yeah. in the day, um, and it's just because Prophet Muhammad did it. They they see it as a way of kind of like connecting with that aspect of religion okay. or connecting with our prophet or whatnot. Um, but also Arab men are pretty hairy, so it yeah. kind of sucks to have to shave your beard. So every it's not to like. <laughs> It's not to, like, hide secrets. <laughs> no, no, there's not much. I mean, we're not... The Arab men are not Dumbledore, so they yeah. can't pull stuff <laughs> out of their their beards. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, if you could talk about the hijabs. Oh, and uh, so, yeah, the, the hijab... I would... So, it's it's a, like I said, it's a bit of both religious and cultural. Uh, it's a veil that women wear on, to cover their hair um, and their, their neck area, mm-hmm. their chest area. Um, there's also different variations of it. There's also the burqa and the niqab, but that's kind of like more extreme versions of it, where you have to okay. cover your face. Is that, is that where what the ones where you cover your whole body up to your like? Pretty much, yeah. You have head to, to toe or ankles or yeah, something like except that. Except for yeah. the eyes and like yeah, you have to cover your hands, I think, and everything. So in Islam, obviously the burqa and the niqab are not even. I don't think they're even mentioned yeah. in Islam at all, or like the hadith, which is the Prophet Muhammad sayings, but. Um, the hijab is considered as a as a, a veil of modesty. Yeah. And it's uh, not mandatory in Islam. It's not mentioned in the Quran, our holy book. But people do it as a kind of a plus or an extra yeah. for as as a showing of their faith. So I think people in the West, the Western world, see it more as terrifying looking. 
or right. as oppressive because it's or oppressive yeah yeah like i also want to clarify that like it's not unfortunately there are people who families who abuse that who force their women to yeah. kind of to, to wear these things to wear these cloths over their heads or faces and whatnot but it's not mandatory and not everyone is forced to do it there are women who choose to wear it because of this is how they feel like they should they, yeah. they should do with their body everyone should be free to do whatever they want with their body um and yeah thankfully my family's one of those like i'm not forced to wear a hijab my yeah. mother is not her her sisters wear the hijab but she doesn't um on my dad's side one of my cousins decided to wear it and then she decided to take it off so and was the family okay with that yeah everyone's fine with it and some religion like my one of my good friends she wore the hijab like her sister and mother wear the hijab but she decided to take it off and it wasn't a great scenario but yeah. thankfully her parents accepted it unlike many others who might not I think it feels like it just it looks so mysterious right mm -hmm. so I think people are like if you don't know what it's about and you see the movies in their culture there's always that like music the mysterious music that sounds like there's sand blowing in the air <laughs> and there's chimes and you're just terrified you're like what what's what ninja is hiding under there and what what weapons what about nuns and like women I, in <laughs> India like Hindus I think a lot like of people are afraid of nuns <laughs> so I think I think it's just I think anything that's covered up that much people will say that about women I mean if, if a girl's wearing too much makeup it's like what are you hiding what are you hiding in there <laughs> oh man that's not gonna do well with women viewers our listeners but uh <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> but yeah okay I think we got the point across with that one but yeah so we got the beards and the jobs there um as far as you in America though uh being a Palestinian woman uh in America um, how how's that working out for you? Um, well, fortunately, fortunately and unfortunately, it's kind of like a d double-edged sword. Is that what you yeah. guys say? Yeah. Um, I'm gonna start being at home specifically because I'm white passing. I look white. Um, at home, people perceive me as white. They don't. They instantly like talk about me right next to me, and they think I don't understand them. And Do I'm they just, make fun of you? Well, I had dreads at some point. Yeah, this is funny to to mention here, but I had dreads at some point, and I was at home, and these two guys in the street when I was in, in Ramallah, they were like, "Oh, look at this is Bob Marley's sister," and I was like, "You wish you were Bob Marley's sister in Arabic," and they just looked at me and terrified yeah. and ran away, and I was like, "Oh my god!" And just to just to clarify though, you are not Bob Marley's sister. Um, secretly, no, I'm not. I'm okay. not. <laughs> no, well then let's move on so so but, you and so when you're because you're you're you know like you say you're white passing because mm -hmm. uh, you have fair skin yeah um and so what happens when you tell people that you're from palestine um so generally i try to be very honest with people because i'm not ashamed of where i'm from or what of the fact that i'm a muslim you know yeah um i most of the time i wish i had darker skin so so i could just give it to them just be yeah. like fight the power but anyway uh, <laughs> but um, when I do tell people it's it's really a mixture of, of reactions there's some people are more comfortable telling people of color mostly yeah because I feel like they're they understand the struggle most of the time or and, and most of the time they know where I'm from they know what Palestine is or, or 
you know, they know Palestinian people or they know Muslim people and stuff yeah. like that. But um, unfortunately, I don't want to like stereotype, but unfortunately, most most of the re- bad reactions that I've received are from white people. Um, but it's because they have very specific views about yeah. where I'm from. Yeah. Uh, but unfortunately, most of the time, they don't know anything about my culture or my country or anything. So it's, it's kind of like force fed to them by media of like yeah. what they should think or by their families about what they should think about me and my people and the Middle East and whatnot. So um, I take it because I, I explicitly tell people th- these things and I'm expecting a reaction. Yeah. So if it's negative, I try to soften the blow and try to be human with them and try to have them understand a little bit that I'm like a normal person and try does, to help does them. Does it feel stuffy for you sometimes though? Like when you, after you tell someone that you're from Palestine, do you feel like it must get a little tiring to have to explain yourself like that or to think about the political implications or how they're going to perceive you um, or having to almost fight all the time right like as far as to let people know that you're you know who you are where you're from and that you're normal people and have to like explain yourself almost honestly i don't really get sick of it i mean depends honestly like at first when i first came to like the the u.s for college and college i was very energetic about it i was always just ready like i don't care um it's starting to get a little bit tiring but i'm always Prefer, I prefer having people actually talk to me rather than shut me off. Yeah. So if somebody's will, even if they don't agree with me, I prefer just being like, okay, at least you're willing to listen or like speak with me, even if we disagree. So I'd prefer to actually talk to you and give you a different perspective rather than just, yeah, you know, just go our separate ways because that's there's there's no benefit to that at all. So, are you scared of people in the Middle East? Well, yeah, I'm scared of people everywhere, but um, if sometimes I am, um, because it's thankfully Palestine is not as extreme as some other countries. Um, not only in the Middle East, but other countries in general. In general, yeah. there's some countries that are very like everywhere. strict yeah. towards women and and towards specifically Muslims, towards you know different kinds of people, but. Um, in Palestine, like walking down the street at night, late at night as a woman is not really safe. It's not yeah. really safe here either, but yeah. you know, I still don't feel safe there. I get scared. But I've gotten adjusted to like the political or like intense situation of checkpoints and people with guns and yeah. F 16s or whatever they are, like in military forms walking next to me. So I've gotten used to that. But if I if ISIS came out of nowhere to Palestine, yeah. I would freak out. Yeah, just like anywhere else. <laughs> just like anywhere yeah. else. Yeah, I'd freak out because I don't think they will because it's already a pretty troubled area. But yeah, I the, I'd be as equally scared. Uh, the, now that you brought it up, though, like, yeah. I think um, as far as like I think a lot of people when you think Middle East or anything like that. First of all, I didn't know that Palestine was in the Middle East, or I didn't group that in together when I was younger. I always felt like it was Iran, Iraq, etc. But I never really... I thought Palestine. I thought more of the Bible and, mm-hmm. like, baby Jesus and everything like that. But <laughs> baby Jesus. I think... Yeah, he's my favorite He's my favorite Jesus. <laughs> but no, I... Uh, no, but, like, I think... So if we group in the Middle East as a whole, I know it's unfair to group everyone as a whole for anything. But uh, I think it's, like... we First thing I think about is war, right? There, there's, uh, there's constant war for 
thousands of years. And so um, if I were, you know, we were to go and, and bring camera crew and visit you at your hometown, you know, are we going to see uh, like, you know, gunshots fired everywhere? Is it safe? Can we go hang out? Uh, do you guys party? Uh, do you guys, can you guys drink or like, is this a strictly religious place where you go to pray uh, to Mecca? Every, you know, like, you know, we don't know. What does that look like? It's everything. That's, that's what I like it about home because it's, it's a mixture of a lot of things. You could still, you could drink. There's places you could drink. Um, you could do a lot of other things as well. Yeah. You, what's the word? Um, recreational things. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wink, wink. Wink, wink. Um, but yeah, we do party. It's, it's, I feel like it's a, it's definitely a different vibe than here. Yeah. Um, clubbing or whatever even festivals like it's a different like it's it's much more like i said i don't know everything over there is grassroots in a sense um because we don't have any anything commercial we start things from scratch uh so parties it's usually local artists we don't have people coming from outside unless they're like really like not very famous um raves a lot of raves like in the desert or in the wildlife we, we do cool. that it's pretty yeah. cool we it's really nice and it's more of a community and ramallah specifically and for uh, it's well unfortunately it can get very exclusive it, yeah. there's bubbles like the people are more well off and there's of course the rest of the people um i'm from i associate with the people who are more well off because i am more well off over there i'm more privileged um so it's a very different world yeah. than everyone else. But if you go there, there's still so much to do. There's still cafes to go to and and places to go eat and places to party and places to work and place, you know, sure. places to walk and all of that to hike and climb mountains and whatever. So there's a lot of things to do. But it's going to still be a culture shock because if you're trying to go to Jerusalem or trying to go yeah. anywhere else, you're going to see the the struggle along the way you're going to see the checkpoints and the military and, and whatnot so, so. Final, yeah so final question um, you know if you could leave us with anything else any other thoughts that you kind of want to leave our listeners with about um, yourself as you know a, a Palestinian woman um, or you know the Middle East in general to just try to listen and be human with one another um, because when especially in America when you're walking down the street you may see somebody as what they're wearing or what they have on their head or if they're wearing a cross or if they're wearing hijab or if they're driving your Uber and if they're brown or whatever um, but they're, nowadays especially in America like they predicted people might just all mix together in 50, 90, whatever years from now everyone's going to look pretty much the same so when you all look the same how are you going to be how are you going to discriminate against one another? I will find a way. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So I feel like we should start from now to kind of try to to see each other as people. Yeah. Because I mean, I'm let's say I'm your Uber driver and I'm driving you somewhere. I'm doing you a service, and I'm being human with you and I'm talking to you. I, I want you to talk to me as a person and not just talk to me as or not just be there as like I'm your slave, you know? So just. Even whether it's that situation or just like any any other situation, just practice kindness. I guess yeah. is is my uh, mantra in life. Yeah, just be open minded and practice kindness. Because 
it's it's really not that difficult to do. It's just because we get so we get swallowed up by everything else that we we don't see the the other side of it, the positive side of it. Mind. 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 Body. 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 Soul. 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 Health. For today's health segment, regenerating your energy. Cleanse your life of negative or poisonous people. It drains your energy and leaves you feeling blue. Spend some alone time, meditation, or even if you spend five minutes of silence a day, it will rebuild your brain cells and regenerate your energy. Surround yourself with nature. Plant a flower or some herbs. As said by Hamilton Boudreau, observe the space between your thoughts, then observe the observer. Take care of yourself. Namaste. Bitches. The biggest topics that are out right now that I'm feeling is that we have a lot of questionable patriotism out there. Like, what does that even mean, like, being a patriot now? Because right now, it, it feels tainted. You know, Fourth of July felt tainted. Um, and then you also have blunt racism now. Which is a bad thing, but a good thing, because it just kind of really shows where everyone's at now. Instead of trying to behave. And I feel like that's what we've been doing for a long time, is just behaving. Um... And that's what political correctness meant. Um, and then, on top of it all, we don't have, we can't trust facts or numbers because that's all about perception. It's like everyone's a lawyer and they're just trying to kind of get any facts or any type of things that will help their case in arguments. And that's just something that's been bothering me a lot is that I really don't know what I can believe. The good thing is that it makes you really look inside because that's really the only place that you could really get your honest facts now is to look deep inside and to see what you really believe in uh, because you can't really trust anything else anymore. Um, now I know that like political correctness could be very draining and awkward and it doesn't feel good sometimes because you feel fake. Um, but the one thing that really hit me was that maybe that fatigue and awkward feeling is just a symptom of something that is much needed growth within our society. Like, I feel gross when I'm trying to be politically correct, but, like, maybe that's because it's something I need to work on. Just like any athlete needs to work and, and practice, 
it's not going to be easy, but maybe that's something that we need to strive for. And the final thing is just that um, I think we need to be okay with being wrong. I think so many times, especially now, it's just a fight for who's right. And then just trying to find any facts that you can get to back that up. But I think we need to be able to take a stand in our generation. I know the millennials are a generation that you could hate on and something I hated on for a long time. But I'm really proud of the millennials now. We're, we're getting older and we're actually doing some shit. But uh, one thing we need to work on, I think, is to just be okay with being wrong. And because that allows others to be okay with being wrong sometimes, too. And then maybe they could start listening as well. That's it. Just some thoughts on my mind. Thoughts that inspire to light you on fire. Question answers. Ask why. Just some thoughts on my mind. My mind. My mind. Whoa, you made it through the first episode of season two. If you'd like to continue the conversation from today's episode, hit us up at theinsidejoe at gmail.com. And as always, Gumbay. <laughs>